In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me what to do. You've heard that before. Um, The thing is, you really can't say that to many people, can you, without getting in trouble. You can't say it to your parents. You can't tell me what to do. That won't work. You can't say it to your boss as much as maybe you'd want to sometimes. You can't. can't say that to a teacher, right? Yes, they can tell you what to do. You can't uh, say that to the police if they pull you over for speeding, right? Officer, you can't tell me what to do. And you can't say it to the man at the checkout in the store when he says that'll be $39.28. Can't say You can't tell me what to do. God says all of those people can absolutely tell you what to do. They can, and you have to deal with it. Okay? You must obey your parents and teachers and government and police and yada yada as long as they don't tell you that you have to disobey God. You must obey. So you can't tell them sorry. You can't tell them you can't tell me what to do. However, here's a little fun for you. You can say that to the devil. And actually, you should say that to the devil all the time. You can't tell me what to do, you dirty devil. And you can also say that to the world. When the world demands that you do everything and be everything that the world thinks you need to do and be, then you can say to the world, and you should say to the world, you can't tell me what to do. You see where I'm getting this from? Jesus says in the Gospel reading, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two. It doesn't work. You cannot serve God and money, he says. And money, a lot of times, is the world telling you what to do. The only master we have is God. And if the world tells us anything different, we can and should say to the world, you can't tell me what to do. And in fact, I think this is kind of fun. And I think you should practice doing this. For instance, when you hear ads and slogans telling you that you have to do something, you should say back to them, you can't tell me what to do. So let me give you an example. One of the most well-known slogans of all time, Nike, just do it, they say. Well, you can tell Nike, no, you can't tell me what to do. Just do it. Forget it. I don't need your overpriced apparel just because you put a swoosh mark on it and just because I like Michael Jordan. No, I won't just do that. You know what Jesus says? He tells me not to be anxious about clothing. And when I have to spend $50 for a shirt, it makes me anxious. So no. Jesus says God puts better clothing on the flowers than Nike has ever produced or sold in all their years. So I had it easy today. We've got flowers from Cliff Krug's funeral here. Beautiful flowers, okay? So I pulled out a rose. Look at this rose. And think about how does God do that, okay? There, how, many petal, how many petals are packed in there? And then you feel them. I'm t- Nike has never made a fabric that is even close to a rose or that smelled as good as a rose, right? Jesus says, 
They neither toil nor spin. A flower, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, even Nike in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Nike has never made a shoe as beautiful as this rose. That's a fact. That is a fact. That's what Jesus says about flowers. And then think about this, in a few days, and it's already started, right? In a few days, this rose will be dead and gone. It's sad, but that's the reality. And yet we think God has so much beauty and creativity that He can afford to give it away on roses that will only bloom for a short amount of time and then be thrown into a landfill. You see Nike doing it? Would Nike be okay to sell a shoe and it ends up in a landfill a few days later? Well, they'd be okay, I guess, to sit if they sold it. But that's not what they're going for, right? They want their shoes to be worn for a long time. But that's God. And Jesus says, if He does that for a rose, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, just in case somebody takes me the wrong way. Is, I have nothing against Nike clothes. Of course I don't. You wear them if you want to wear them. And there's nothing wrong with a marketing slogan. But what's wrong is when you let them tell you you have to do it. No, you don't have to. You don't have to wear any certain brand or type of clothes. Because you know what? You're just not that overly concerned about clothes. You have a greater and better master that you serve. Okay, that's that one. Now what about food? Jesus, uh, Jesus gives us food, drink, and clothes. I just did clothes. Now I'm going to cover food and drink in one. Okay, don't let those food advertisements tell you what to do either. When you hear Dunkin' Donuts tell you, America runs on Dunkin', then you should say, well, I don't. Maybe they do, but I don't. Can't tell me what to do. And come on. Who runs after a donut anyway? Have you ever heard of anybody, this is their pre-run you know, meal, a donut? Not anyone I know, and I certainly don't go running after I eat one of their Boston cream donuts, okay? I don't run on overpriced coffee and donuts, and neither does America. Now, sure, Duncan, we, we might eat your donuts and drink your coffee once in a while, since you so conveniently position yourself right by the Walmart and the Aldi that we're at, right? But you can't tell us what to do. We certainly don't need a coffee and a donut to get us running or to keep us running. Jesus says, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Food and drink are wonderful gifts of God, but they shouldn't be telling us what to do. Look at the birds, he says. Now I couldn't bring a bird in. You'll have to imagine, okay? Look at the birds. Do the birds build Dunkin' Donut drive throughs That would be ridiculous. Do they build big barns to store their food? Now, sure, some of us put up our big bird feeders for them and our yards full of seed, and they appreciate that. But what happens if your bird feeder runs out? Are they going to starve and die? They just leave. They don't care. They just fly off somewhere else. In fact, where do the birds go all the time? Have any of you figured it out? Where do they go? What a mystery. Yet your Heavenly Father is always feeding them. So why are you worried about food? We shouldn't be continually letting the world tell us what to do and eat and buy just because 
They're selling it. Now, you can tell I'm joking a little, but this is serious business. It's serious. You know it's serious because Jesus is talking to you about it. He is telling you, beware about food and drink and clothes. The world wants you to be far too concerned about food and drink and clothes. Big money is spent every year trying to get you to be concerned about food and drink and clothes. But you don't have to. The world isn't your master. The world can't tell you what to do. Think about it this way. You can drink water from your kitchen faucet. You can wear the same clothes two, three days in a row if necessary. And you can eat peanut butter and jelly for lunch and dinner. And you will be just fine. The world will not end. Okay? We take our marching orders from Jesus. He's our master. So let me get more specific with you about what he's telling you to do here. And, and I think it really helps to know this word, because this is one of the big words here, this word that's translated anxious. Don't be anxious. I think it's helpful to understand that word a little bit better, because then we can make some distinctions. What does Jesus mean? What does he not mean? So when he says that you shouldn't worry, shouldn't be anxious, shouldn't be too overly careful about food and drink and clothes, here's what he doesn't mean. He doesn't mean you should never think about it. That would be ridiculous. If we were to tell people, are you thinking about what you're going to eat? That's a sin, right? That's ridiculous. He doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever think about it or that you shouldn't ever plan ahead. Okay, so let, let's make this distinction very clearly. It is not a sin to plan ahead. Some faithful planning is good and holy, but it's got to be in its proper place. You don't need to plan so much that you're worrying or being anxious about it. So the word that we translate here as anxious has to do with being distracted. And that, I think, is very helpful. It's this Greek word, merimnao. So this is the way we could say it. That being anxious or worrying is getting distracted from the whole thing and becoming overly concerned with the parts of the thing. Okay? So because that's kind of, of a big deal, I'm going to kind of repeat it. When you're worrying or being anxious, you're losing sight of the whole and you're becoming distracted in the parts of the whole. So Jesus says, in order that you don't get distracted and start worrying and fretting over individual parts like food and drink and clothes, so that you don't do that, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all those individual parts will be taken care of. Okay? He says, why be anxious about food and drink and clothes? God is going to take care of you. Don't, don't be distracted by the world and the money telling you you have to do this and this. No, they, they can't tell you what to do. You have a higher God. If He takes care of birds and flowers, He's going to take care of you. So, uh, an illustration that I hope will make sense. Let's say you're on your way to St. Louis for a Cardinals, Cardinals game. Now, so I don't offend any Cubs fans, they're playing the Cubs in our imaginary scenario. So you, you could be rooting for either one, I don't care. But you're going to St. Louis, to Bush Stadium. Start time of the game, 1.15 p.m. in the afternoon, so you start out early. You want to make sure you got plenty of time. You, you like to enjoy the day, so you're going to start about 8 a.m. in the morning. You take off, okay? You want to get lunch, you know, make sure you got time to get gas, whatever. 
get on Interstate 39 out here and you're cruising south. No anxieties, no worries. You left on time. It's going to be a great day. No distractions. You come around the west side of Bloomington there and uh, you see the billboards for McDonald's. I'm loving it, right? And you're thinking, yeah, I'd be loving a coffee and a McGriddle. So you pull off the exit. And you go to McDonald's, and after your McDonald's, you see, oh, yeah, Farm and Fleet. Man, Farm and Fleet. I could sure use, you know, about a couple tie-downs, maybe about 20 tie-downs. So I'll stop at Farm and Fleet. After Farm and Fleet, oh, there's Walmart. And always get stuff at Walmart. And you'd like some snacks for the drive. So, okay, you go to Walmart. All right, you're back on the road. Not too bad. It took you about an hour or so. You're back on the road. On your way... You're, you know, going to be coming up to Springfield. You see some billboards for Shields in Springfield. Uh-oh, right? Shields. Pretty exciting to stop there. Good thing you left early for the game. So you stop. Short little four hours there at Shields to see everything, right? A few trips on the Ferris wheel in the inside there. All right, now you're hungry. There's Chick-fil-A. Okay, stop in there. Oh, and a Dunkin'. Could use a Boston cream donut and a latte. There's a Kohl's. You come out of Kohl's and it's getting kind of dark. Where was I going today anyway? You know? Ah, who knows? I gotta get all this stuff home. I'll just head back, right? We might translate Jesus' words this way. Therefore, I tell you, don't be distracted by eating, by drinking, by clothes. Isn't life more than that? Life is more than McDonald's, Farm and Fleet, Walmart, Shields, Dunkin' Donuts. Life is God, His kingdom, His righteousness. Don't get distracted constantly along the way with worries and anxieties that God is just going to take care of. Now again, it's not that you don't plan. Yes, it's good to know from El Paso to St. Louis, where the gas stations are. That's good. But much more than that, and you're going to miss the game. You're going to miss the whole picture. First things first. I'm sure you've all heard that. And it's, it'll probably become a cliche and get overused, but I like it. I think it's a good saying. First things first. In our case, we're going to say God's things are the first things. God's things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, you, you know what that means. What does God, not, not what does the world and the devil, what does God tell you to do? We're going to keep His things first. We're going to tell the devil and the world, you can't tell me what to do. But we're going to tell God, you can tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, God. I'll keep your first things first. God's things are His holy and sacred word. Right? Like we're talking about right now, His holy word, where He says, seek first my kingdom and righteousness. So we keep His word first. God's things are prayer, thanksgiving, singing. So we make sure we're talking to Him first. God's things are forgiveness for our sins. So we keep the divine service first. We keep the Lord's Supper first. God's things are love. Love for Him. Love for our neighbor. So we keep our vocations first where we're serving Him. And as we're driving, we don't get distracted. We don't let the world tell us what to do. God is going to take care of us. That is a fact. So we seek God's things first. We put God's things first. The rest will be taken care of. And you can tell Nike, I don't need to just do it. 
He'll just do it, right? The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.